Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Ladies and gentlemen, once again this week, as you know, we have been talking to influential black women. Why? Well, as you know, uh, it was the weekend before Kamala Harris was chosen, a thousand black women signed on to a letter um, in support, not only of a black woman VP, but in defense of the charges that Kamala Harris was too ambitious. As you also know, I was one of a hundred black men that sent our own letter. Um, This is our time, uh, and it is particularly time for black women who for years have been the backbone of our black churches, have been the backbone of the civil rights movement, and have been the backbone of the Democratic Party. Um, And it's high time uh, that black women be recognized. A black woman deserved to be on the ticket and most certainly black woman deserves to be on the Supreme Court. And so when you see Kamala Harris and as you saw her in the debate, that's because of the work of a coalition called Win With Black Women. So every week we've been talking to one of these uh, dynamic black women, one of these dynamic queens about their role and what it all means. And so we're gonna do that again today with my uh, very special guest. 
She's the chair of the Public Policy Committee at the National, National Coalition of 100 Black Women in Northern Virginia. But she is also, um, and she's been uh, in um, state and, and federal government working on policy. She currently, though, is vice president of foundation and institutional giving at the Atlantic Council, where she leads the fundraising and stewardship of major donors. Her responsibilities include strengthening and expanding relationships with philanthropy and government in the United States and internationally, and has led to multi-million dollar contributions. She's a member of the management committee representing the organization's nine-member senior management team, and she leads a team of four professional staff that enjoy working as strategic partners with 14 programs and centers. So even there, um, Black women are making a difference at the Atlantic Council. So we're happy to have with us Miss Gina Wood. Gina, welcome to Make It Plain. How are you? First of all, Mark, let me just say it's really an honor and a pleasure um, to be on your program today. I follow you and I just really enjoy all that you do for our community and just in terms of keeping our voices raised. Uh, but I am just Oh, I'm feeling really great today, feeling really honored as a Black woman, feeling very proud of a Black woman, and most importantly, very proud of our MVP, uh, Senator Kamala Harris. <laughs> she did great at the debate, didn't she? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did not miss a beat. Yeah, yeah. And was very well um, uh, prepared. And I've been talking with several sisters today. Gina, it, it is a tight rope that you have to walk as a woman because, you know, especially as a black woman, because, you know, some people would love to say she was Sapphire and she wasn't. You have to uh, be strong and confident and yet unfairly, but yet sidestep some of the stereotypes that they like to put on black women, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it hurts more so when I see other women, particularly Black women, being critical of Black women and what they should or could not have done. But mm -hmm. the reality is, is we saw authenticity in um, Senator Harris last night. Uh, I thought she was just incredibly uh, responsive. You know, people were criticizing whether or not she answered the questions. You know, the questions sort of facilitate the conversation. She was there to convey a message, to really demonstrate her leadership her ex expertise, her knowledge, her ability to on day one, walk into that White House with uh, President, um, excuse me, soon to be, hopefully I pray, President Biden, uh, to be ready to get back to the business of our country and the needs of Americans. In terms of answering questions too, it's also interesting to me how we demand, and Pence even demanded, answer this question, answer this question, but the, that demand is not made of men, you know, and, and that was a problem. First of all, I, I think the moderator could have even done herself a favor and say, Mr. Vice President, you are talking over two women. I mean, if she had just said that, even Susan Page's credibility would have <laughs> shot through the roof, don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, everyone was sort of, you know, all the, the conversations that had before the debate, everyone talked about his ability, that being the, the vice president's ability in terms of debates, his experience, his calmness. 
But, you know, I see through, I saw through, through all of that calmness that he's very disrespectful um, to both the moderator and to Senator Harris. And I was really proud how Senator Harris was able to just withstand her own in terms of making sure that she was still able to, because she was about making, letting the American people know who she was and what she can do. And to me, that's what the goal was. And that's how, that's what she accomplished last night. Yeah, and I, I think I think you're you're absolutely right. And in terms of the questions she wouldn't answer, allegedly, I mean, I I feel the answers to me were fine. Absolutely. Because folks need to, and I had explained this to someone in Generation Z this morning. Well, she didn't specifically. That's what we're twenty seven days out in a general election. They're not answering questions, <laughs> so. Let's not distract from what the focus is, that people are dying from this disease. So that that's where you want. When you start getting a whole lot of other things, it becomes a distraction, doesn't it? Absolutely. And if you understand debates, it's not about just a question and an answer. It's about conveying a message. And that's what she did so beautifully. You know, that's I mean, she had 90 minutes to cover more issues than they actually covered in the first debate. Mm -hmm. And I was just so proud to see how she really covered both domestic issues eloquently, substantively, as well as international or foreign policy. So I was looking at from that vantage point, you know, I'm sitting back and saying, okay, we've got a choice here. You know, we've got the, we can stay the course or we could create a new path. And I saw a clear path with a clear plan and a clear agenda last night that she was able to articulate very effectively. Um, was there any favorite moment for you that really stood out where you think she sealed the deal? Wow, there were several. (laughs) There were several. And I think the one that probably for me, just, you know, in terms of my work and what I do, I was so proud how she laid out sort of the current foreign policy situation that we're in. Mm. How she talked about it and how she responded to it so in-depth. I thought was just fabulous. But I also thought the other moment that I, I think is one of those, um, you know, usually when you see a speech, you always said there's a there's a quote or a debate that holds with you. And she was saying, you know, on the issues around health care, they're coming after you if you're 26 and on your parents um, health care plan. They're yeah. coming after you. I thought that was brilliant. Yes. And I just loved how she just masterfully did that. Yeah, that was my part. Everybody gets that phrase, they're coming after you. That was a compelling, <laughs> anybody watching, that's when people like stood up a little bit. So wait a minute, if I have diabetes, they're coming after me. If I have hypertension and the way she rattled that off, that yeah. to me, I think that's when it was sealed, frankly. Yeah. Well, the other thing I thought too, is that, you know, she was educating the public and she did it in a way that, you know, she's so smart on just so many fronts and she's got such incredible experience. But I loved when she was really sort of basic in saying, you know, when they got into the discussions around the taxes and owing taxes, and she said, you know, when I first heard it was $750, I thought, oh, that's an error, it's $750 million. And then she looked directly at the American public and said, that means you owe somebody some money, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right, right. just so on fire. I just loved it. And she was she was a black woman. You know, people, Absolutely. all the memes have been, you know, that that look that you all give us, that expression you can give that lets you yes. lets everybody know. No, that ain't right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and she 
she did that and didn't lose um, a step in terms of doing it. And, and I think she 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 handled that very well. You, um, my guest folks has worn a number of hats, including in the Department of, of Justice at one time in her career, uh, director of the staff of the Coordinating Council on Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention and what have you. So from that lens and, and your experience there, Kamala Harris obviously was a prosecutor. Um, the operation that Russia ran on her when she first announced, and it's really ongoing, prosecutor, Pence played the card last night, you've locked up African-American men, even though we know Kamala Harris is not specifically or solely responsible for mass incarceration. But you know, they said Kamala and Hillary were, no white man was, oh Gina, you know, just for the women. Uh, so, 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 you know, um, but from that lens and from your experience, what can you say to our audience about your confidence in what Kamala Harris and Joe Biden would do in the White House when it comes to criminal justice improvement and reform? You know, I couldn't be more confident. You know, there's only so much you can put in your bio, but this is really an area for me that's very personal. Um, you know, Mark, going back to my early career, um, going back to Oregon. In Oregon, I worked for the governor and worked in juvenile justice and revised, you know, juvenile codes. You know, at the Department of Justice, you describe my work in terms of initiatives, uh, working with law enforcement, um, and working with, you know, prosecutors and coming up with best practices. And then I had the real honor and pleasure of being in South Carolina, of all places, heading up the Department of Juvenile Justice. So I've seen the whole trajectory for young African-American men and women in terms of the system and the implications of the system, both from a policy standpoint and the laws, all the way through to the system itself and how decisions get made. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I think about you know, and there's a perception in terms of prosecutors, and that's all that they do. But if people really took the time to look at Senator Harris's record, you know, she was focused on the real criminals. I mean, child abuse was one of the big issue areas that she dealt with. You know, she implemented, she not only had to prosecute criminals, but she also looked at ways to prevent some of those things. She looked at it much more holistically. And that's where people, I think, lose sight of. They look at it in one dimension and not multidimensional. And that's where I feel very confident that she's going to bring that, and particularly at a time when we're dealing with so much, so many issues, you know, with regards to criminal justice, that I think that's going to be one of many issues that she's going to be able to contribute and have true impact in this country like we've never had before. I mean, keep in mind, California is the second largest to the U.S. Department of Justice's system in right. terms of justice. So she is more than qualified to address that issue as well as others. Yeah, I, I would agree. And when some of us were trying, when she was to run for president, we were trying to defend her from some of the attacks. You know, it was interesting. There was a there was one accusation speaking to children specifically. People look at it in one way. There was like a and you may be aware of this. There was a Craig's sort of something like a Craigslist for sex workers in California. They got on Twitter, oh, we don't like her because she shut down our Craigslist. But then when you looked at it more deeply, Gina, it was because that site was also being used for child sex trafficking. 
Exactly. And when people put that out there, that's the only thing to shut it down. Because people are like, well, okay, you can be for sex workers, but you can't have a site <laughs> that is put. And Kamala didn't even hesitate to shut it down. So you, a lot of times you only get half of that story. And I think, again, that's a way of marginalizing women. You know, men aren't put under that same level of scrutiny. And it's, and it's also, Gina, I'd like you to speak to this. It, it's also, I think we had a very powerful lesson in the Breonna Taylor case. People say, oh, I'm not voting, voting don't matter. Some people said, we don't like black prosecutors. What, what's, why do we need prosecutors? Well, that's why. We need, Gina, people that look like us in law enforcement who think like us, not Cameron doesn't, but you want people with our perspective. I mean, for God's sake, you worked in there. If, I mean, who knows what would have happened if we haven't didn't have the Gina Woods and the Kamala Harris's in these places to see to it that those of us who are disproportionately affected by criminal justice system are represented in this leadership. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you keep in mind, she was one of few African-American uh, attorney generals in the state. That's right. And when you go down to if you look at the judicial level, if you look at the defense attorneys, you look at prosecutors, the numbers are very, very small. So we don't have a lot of African-Americans, even people of color in those positions that are making those decisions. And so that has a direct impact. So when people talk about elections, it really is not just the presidential election. It's all levels of election that we must get involved in. Yeah. I mean, as you think about the uh, Senator Harris's record, one of the, the big uh, reasons that our organization, the National Coalition 100 Black Women um, Northern Virginia chapter, got involved with Win with Black Women is that we knew this was going to happen. You know, Black women just naturally come together. When there's an issue, we come together and address it. And I tell you, that is really what we're about, is to make sure that the record is set straight, yeah. that all misinformation and disinformation about Senator Harris is refuted and refuted with facts. And that's really uh, what I think we've been able to contribute to. And we're going to do that for the next 20 days or however many days we've got left. We keep counting down. But the reality is, is that um, she's prepared. She's ready. Um, she knows she's got a plan. She's going to support Senator Biden, uh, and I think they're going to make a, a tremendous difference yeah. um, if we see the right results on November 3rd. Speaking of the criminal justice system, I also thought I, another highlight for me last night mm -hmm. was her response to Pence badgering her about court packing um, and how she said, you want to talk about court packing, all these <laughs> unqualified right judges. Right. And she said not one of them is, is is black. She pointed that out to people. Right. But it's not just the Supreme Court. You know, you've got, I mean, that's a lifetime. But also when you look at those next level right. judges, you know, there's not a lot of diversity there. And I think Trump has broken records in terms of the number of appointments in the appellate court and some of these other courts. So that's why it's really important, I think, in terms of us thinking about that. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like this. It's a lot of rhetoric, rhetoric. It's a lot of game playing. But at the end of the day, they're not serious about what the needs are for America. The current administration is not serious about the needs of the American public at all. Um, and that's why I just hope that people will get out to vote uh, and make sure they make a plan to vote. I mean, that's so, so important. Yeah. Um, you hear people talk about it's a life or death situation. It truly is a life or death situation. I mean, people are dying. 
I mean, if you just look at the one question that started off the whole debate last night, which is the coronavirus, and if you think about the disproportionate number of people of color that have died, I mean, it's unbelievable. Over 210,000 people have died that could have been saved. Mm -hmm. They handle that situation. And now you've got this whole spread within the White House and all those staff members and staff members that we don't even know about who work there in the service capacity. It's just unconscionable to think that we would allow that to happen in a country like this. Yeah. You feeling confident about the election? You think they're going to win? I really am. I mean, you know, I think about all the different presidential elections that I've had the privilege to work for. I mean, it's really not an election in my mind of a Democrat versus a Republican, because think about all the Republicans that have come over. It's a, it's a, it's a vote for America or it's a vote for the Trump Pence administration. Mm-hmm. It's not a Republican or a Democrat. It's a vote for America and saving America and saving our democracy. That's really what it's about. So it's life and death saving our democracy, making sure we can turn things around. Uh, But it's really about America. And I think when you think about all the people, I mean, at every level, I mean, people within the national security, I mean, the number of generals and just FBI came out with this. uh, It was it was amazing to me. These four officials within the FBI came out talking about, you know, the right to vote. I mean, I thought, wow. I mean, just the fact that they're trying to suppress our vote is, is just telling in and of itself. It tells volumes in terms of the respect of of Americans. You, of course, at the Atlantic Council, and I'm sure you'll agree with this. I don't think the punditry talks about this enough either. I think you're exactly right. It's about America and someone who from all indications is at least an unwitting agent of Russia. And what is Putin's game plan? Destabilization. So you go from NATO to everything else. You get to the United States. What is more destabilizing to the history of America and the way things normally run to have an untreated, unplanned, unanswerable plan for a a pandemic one? Then you run around and threaten to up in the election. We don't want mail in ballots. They're fraudulent. Uh, I'm going to I'm not going to leave if I lose. I'm not going to, you know, give a piece that in an everything is relative. But that is destabilizing (laughs) to America. I mean, imagine I I mean, I don't know what y'all talking about the Atlantic Council, what contingency plans y'all have. But if he don't leave, what we going to do? So 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 the point is, you're right. This is really about what the way things ought to be versus playing around with someone whose job is to cause destabilization, isn't it? Right. And I should probably preface by saying that my views are my my own views. I don't represent the Atlantic Council in in this conversation uh, because the Atlantic Council is a nonpartisan organization. And so whoever is is in the administration and we've got an excellent track record in doing that. But from the vantage point of an African-American woman, an individual, and particularly for the organization of the National Coalition 100 Black Women, we are very concerned, very concerned about, um, you know, issues around uh, safety, uh, issues around, um, you know, what's going to happen with regards to what's happening globally. I mean, when you think about, look at our allies, you know, I mean, those are important partners for the United States. 
and they're watching. I mean, this is probably the most watched election globally that we've ever had because of what's happened in the last three and a half years. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it's important to think about, you know, what is our role going to be? You know, what's the experience? And I think, again, when you look at Biden's experience, I mean, uh, they like to talk about how many years, but at least he knows how to build relationships. And then you think about Senator Harris. I mean, she's served on, um, you know, two of the most important committees that deal with uh, international relations. Um, so we need someone that's committed to making sure that our country's safe. You know, we can't even protect ourselves, right? So we need to make sure that we've got people who understand the importance of safety, just basic, right. the basic right. role of anyone in, in leadership yeah. and in the country is to make sure your citizenry is safe. And quite honestly, I do not feel safe. I mean, you mentioned Breonna Taylor. I do not feel safe. You know, I feel like I have to be very cautious of where I go, when I go, how I go, how I carry myself, because you just never know. I mean, I could go on and on about that whole situation, but that's not the purpose of our conversation. But I just think that um, America really, you know, if they have listened last night and if they haven't figured out the difference between what you get with the current situation and then what you get for America, because it's really about America right now. And again, I say that wholeheartedly, that those who are supporting Biden are clearly bipartisan. And there are Republicans and Democrats, and the Republicans have come out in huge numbers at all levels. So right. it's really about America. It's a vote for America, or it's a vote for the continuation of what we have right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it is about that safety. Um, it's very poignant what you said about Breonna Taylor. Talk a little bit more about that. Why you don't feel safe as a Black woman in that aftermath? You know, even before that, you know, I, I had my trepidations about just, you know, moving around in the world because it goes back to the previous election, you know, in terms of all the things and just women in general and how women were so de degraded in the election in 2016 and the kinds of things that were said, the things that were heard, the things that were recorded. It was like it was a you know, there was like a right now to just sort of treat women any kind of way, demean women. I mean, I think about even the debates during that time and the kinds of things that were said during the Clinton um, and uh, Trump debates. I mean, women were demeaned. Even the moderator was demeaned during that time. You might recall the woman from Fox News. I mean, so it's just been a constant trajectory of just women and not valuing women. Mm -hmm. You think about all the things that have happened in terms of like, Folks have come out of the woodwork. It's, it's always been there. But now people feel confident in the kinds of things that they do between the law enforcement, between, you know, these uh, these uh, groups like white supremacy groups, the Proud Boys and all these others. I mean, they have been sanctioned to do what they do, you know, without any consequences, without any accountability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Someone even, in fact, it was Jamel Hill that tweeted earlier. You know, the story broke about the plan to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Oh, yeah. And Jamel Hill tweeted, what if um, there was a report that Black Lives Matter had said something like that or planned something like that? And then this man is running around here and telling a white supremacist group to stand by. 
and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, you're in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke with a with Virginia delegate just the other day. Um, Virginia, un, unusually, has been staying blue these yes. past few cycles. Do do yes. do we have uh, some of? Can we give you some of the credit? Because you know, Virginia used to go back and forth, back and forth, but you all have been keeping it blue. Yeah. And um, the reason being, if you look at the, the statistics and the data from previous elections, Black women came out and voted. So Black women helped change. I remember sort of having this sort of tiff and taff with my friends outside of Virginia saying, oh, Virginia's purple, Virginia's purple. I said, Virginia is blue. It's as blue as blue can be. And so we have, you know, we have strong leadership. We have record numbers of Virginians in Congress. We have record numbers in terms of our two um, state U.S. senators, and uh, and they're and they're working hard. I mean, they're working very hard, and they're you know, and they you know, they've got a lot that they're up against. You know, particularly in the Senate, where you have you really a stalemate of just nothing's going to get done. But uh, but we've been very fortunate um, to have good representation in electing a record number of women even to Congress. So it's going to be tough because, you know, the Republicans are pouring a lot of money into certain areas here. But I'm excited that we have uh, a young man uh, who's running in the southern part of the state, um, who's someone I remember when he was, um, I think he was like an intern at the time. And now he's married. He and his wife are physicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I'm looking forward to a Congressman Webb. Um, he made it through the primary and he's got a fairly tough Republican challenger, but he will be one of the youngest African-American men in Congress. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Um, Gina, um, Michelle Obama made a closing argument. I'm going to give you an opportunity to make one um, to all those. And and honestly, Gina, if you don't mind, speak to um, some of the, the younger generation who've been targeted for disinformation um, about why it is so important to vote and why our voting is so sacred. You know, that's it's so hard to think about the, the right words to say in such a short period of time. Um, but I have had opportunities to do some phone banking. I had some opportunities to send notes and things like that and just try to do what I can in the midst of everything that's going on. But, you know, I always think about, um, you know, seek the truth. You know, that's really one of the things. And think about, you know, really listen to what, these folks who are running for office, really listen to what they're saying. And are they speaking to you? Are they saying that they're going to do things that are going to make your life better, make your life, you know, give you optimism, you know? So that to me is a thing is, is that, you know, don't discount the vote. Don't discount that it's not worth it, that it doesn't matter. It matters more than you think, because if it didn't, our ancestors would not have been in the streets dying to allow us to have this opportunity. And now we've got a situation where people are trying to take it away from us. And it's unconscionable to think that we would not fight for that and to ensure that we have the right people representing us, who care about us, who want to make our lives better, make our communities better. So really think about truth. I mean, one of the things, in addition to um, uh, our former First Lady, uh, Michelle Obama, and her remarks were so powerful But if you also read the article um, that was done, she's actually on the cover of Elle magazine, um, Senator Harris. You know, she has so much optimism that that's what we need. We need someone that's optimistic, someone who has hope, someone who has plans to make life better. 
because young people are struggling. I mean, there's a lot of struggle and they don't understand it. They didn't see it. Many of the young people that are voting today don't even know anything about 9-11 and the implications there. So, but I have actually seen a huge turnaround in terms of not only with Black Lives Matter, but if you look at the campaign, particularly in terms of um, the Biden-Harris campaign, there's a lot of young people involved in that campaign working on the ground in states all across this country. So I think they do understand what's at stake. I think they do want things to be different. And I think they understand right from wrong. And they understand truth and lies. Yeah. And so I just say, follow the truth. Follow the truth. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, lastly, would you like to comment on the um, um, the third participant in the debate last night, the fly? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, that was one of those moments where it's kind of like, I've seen so many different things. People have commented about that. And, uh, you know, there's a message there, you know, there's things Mm -hmm. don't happen. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I'm a Christian and I think things just don't happen. So I feel like that was a subtle message. And so I took it for that. It was funny, but you know, um, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. You know, I've seen a lot of memes where the the, the flies are running around now with signs that say Biden Harris. <laughs> People are really marketing that. I mean, it's just created a whole buzz. Right. Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. But I just thought that was interesting because I was saying to a friend, I said, you know, usually a fly will come and it'll land and then it'll go on. But that fly stayed for a little while. Yeah. So and it just it's peculiar, I guess, yeah. is what I'll say. It was yeah. a peculiar. My what I've witnessed is that when a fly attaches itself to a living thing, when the living thing moves, the fly usually goes away. It might come back. I mean, if you watch National Geographic, a fly <laughs> might land on a giraffe or a wildebeest. Yeah. When it moves, it goes. It might come back. I've just never seen a fly linger while somebody's moving their head and said, so yeah, that was kind of that was the moment. <laughs> That was special. That was a moment. Yeah, and in these debates, it's always those little things that people remember forever. Uh, yeah. but we also will remember how well uh, our MVP uh, Kamala Harris did at the debate. Um, and I think, as you said, you made a good point. Um, it is about messaging. It isn't about being controlled by the other side, but instead about messaging. And as you said educating the public. And that's exactly what she did. I think some people learned and got some things on last night that they would not have gotten as clearly and as efficiently otherwise. When you say they're coming for you, you I think a whole lot of folks, Gina, was like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Indeed, indeed. Gina Wood, the amazing Gina Wood, um, uh, a veteran in so much policy work, um, and we appreciate her. And uh, please be blessed in all the work that you continue to do and the difference you continue to make. And we look forward to celebrating the first African-American woman vice president very, very soon. Thank you so much. And this is just a step along the way for 2024. And I'll just leave it at that. Thank you so Mark, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Gina. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. 
cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.